do not go to law school. You're going to go anyway and ignore this, but it's my karmic duty to tell you. Welcome back. This is Mike Sermich at Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com, and I'm here to tell you why you should not go to law school, even though I know you will. Let's think of it this way. Hello, young man or young woman. I have a proposal for you. For the next three years, you'll work for me. I will need you to work between 1,500 and 2,000 hours. And for the privilege of working for me, you will pay me between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year. At the end of this 30-year period, I'm going to give you a lengthy examination. If you pass that examination, I might give you a six-figure job. However, the probabilities are only 10% chance that you will get that job. Now, if I proposed an offer like that to you, you would think this person is um, insane. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What are you talking about even? But that's the game you're playing with law school. You're going to go bust your butt for three years. You're going to work hard to get good grades in law school. Oh boy, 1,500 hours a year is what you're going to have to work at least. And you're going to have to pay for that privilege. Once you graduate, maybe you'll get a great job. The odds are against you. Law school is the worst investment in time and money that a person could ever make, especially a young person. There's a reason lawyers, even successful lawyers, all say don't go to law school. I don't know a successful lawyer who tells people or encourages people to go. Now, a lot of people go, oh, that sour grape, Cernovich, blah, blah, blah. No, I, I keep my law license. I refer cases here and there that come around. I've published constitutional legal scholarship. I made the dean's list, won all kinds of book, uh, book awards, they're called. And I've done great. Um, but so I, there's now so, no sour grapes. I just do not want you making the biggest mistake of your life. Here's the real reason you're going to law school. You're going to go to law school because you're young and you're, or you're looking for a second act in life and you're not sure what else to do. And law seems like a safe bet. Law seems like a safe bet. That is what you're thinking. You can say that you want to help people, but if you wanted to help people, there are so many other ways that you could help people. Work in a soup kitchen, make a lot of money and donate to public interest, legal groups, way, way, way more things that you could do to help other people then go to law school. You want a job and you think that going to law school is a safe way to get a job. And it's not because the legal market is terrible. It has been terrible for some years and it's only going to get worse. More and more legal work is being performed by what's called Watson and artificial intelligence. All this automation is coming to law as well. What a lot of people don't realize is that when you graduate law school, even if you're very smart, you're not doing very sophisticated work. You are doing scut work. You are scanning documents. It's called them. You're searching for attorney-client privilege. You're responding to discovery. You're doing very rote stuff, and you're working very long hours. We're talking 80 hours a week. That's if you're lucky and you get the good jobs. Most people aren't fortunate, and actually, I shouldn't say lucky. That's if you really worked really hard, then your prize is that you get to do scut work for three to five years. Maybe you'll do something interesting at some point in your legal career. But that isn't even what most people deal with. Most people freak out and they can't find a job. And now they have student loans. Student loans, we're talking about $1,000 to $2,000 a month. So think about that. You're giving up your time to go to law school. Then you go to law school and you're scrambling to find a job. Now you have to pay your loans and you're looking at $60,000 first year and entry level job. That's what even in big city markets, unless you hit the big law route. And a lot of big law people quit. 
You're looking at 60 grand. Do the math after taxes, rent. How are you going to pay your student loans? You're going to end up another person saddled with extensive law school debt and be really upset that you went. Now, why do people go to law school? Again, they're the reasons that you tell yourself. And then there's the truth. The reasons that you tell yourself, well, I'm good at arguing. I'm logical. Okay, great. Go learn to code. Right. I hope I don't get banned um, from podcasting for saying to learn to code. But really, if you're smart and you're logical and you like logic and you're a great arguer, then go learn to code. Oh, you like to make arguments. Great. Go be a marketer. I sell for a living. I know how to make great arguments. I know how to tell fantastic stories. I've done storytelling seminars with Jerry Spence. I know how to tell journalistic stories, stories of all kinds. But I didn't need to go to law school to learn all that. I could have learned <laughs> learned that in books, learned it in workshops, learned that in other things. What you're doing is looking for a way to get a good job. And you think you're going to get a good job, but you're almost certainly not. And it's a risk-averse move, or you think it's a risk-averse move. Again, that's why law school is a fascinating decision to me because people think it's a safe bet. This is the boomer thinking still. The knowledge hasn't percolated from me. I guess I would be Gen X. The knowledge hasn't percolated from Gen X down to people currently considering law school. The boomers are saying, oh, I did great, man. Yeah, they didn't have student loan debt. They could also work during the summer and then pay their tuition all year. The world changed dramatically. The Gen X knowledge, people like me, haven't been vocal enough about telling you why you shouldn't go to law school. And and again, you have to realize that you think you're making a safe bet because you don't know what you want to do. And you think, I'm just going to go to law school and do that. No, you're not just doing that. You're spending 2,000 hours in the library studying, maybe working part-time. You're going to be grinding. Or you're not going to grind and you're going to get terrible grades and then your situation is going to be even worse. And then, of course, some people think, well, I want to do something different in my life and you're a certain kind of age. There are, just go take a year, because again, you're going to law school. You're taking a year off, essentially, from the real world, but you're spending money to take a year off. It's, it's such a bizarre thing. When you learn how to actually think about life and think about the world, then you think about law school the way I do. And no one else teaches you how to think the way I teach you how to think. In your mind, you're going... Well, I'm kind of looking for something new in life, a new challenge. I'll just take three years off and go to law school. Well, why don't you just take three years off from the real world and not borrow money to do it and go wait tables or something and live in a shack with like four or five other people and pay almost no rent and save some money up and then go live in Chiang Mai on $1,500 a month or something like that because you're not actually taking a year off from the real world. You're going into a brand new world you're going to meet some of the most petty, small-minded, high school-type people that you've ever met in your life. You'll meet the worst people in the world at law school. You'll pay a ton of money to do it. You'll almost certainly not get a great job. And you're going to grind and learn skills that are becoming more and more obsolete. And moreover, in law school, you have to learn everything to pass the bar. So for, for example, for example, 2,000 hours. My gosh, what could I teach you in 2,000 hours? In 2,000 hours, I could teach you everything that you would ever need to know to run your own business remotely in a way that would be relevant for the next five to 10 years of your life because you're not wasting your time on unrelated subject matter. In law school, if you want to be a litigator, you're still taking property law. You're still taking wills and trusts. And in terms of how you get a job, overall GPA matters. You can't just say, oh, well, I got an A plus in con law 
and A plus in criminal law, and I want to do criminal law and con law, so only look at those grades. is isn't how it works. They look at your GPA. They look at your class rank. You're thus going to have to grind away in tedium, sheer tedium on subjects that don't, don't interest you at all. And moreover, they don't interest you and they won't apply to you for the rest of your career. That's what you're going to do for three years. So what if you took those 5,000 hours and instead of, and by the way, you're spending money again. I keep bringing that up because it matters. You don't think about it because you're insulated from your choices with financial aid. You don't see the checks. Uh, here, here's, here's the way it works. You apply for law school. You do your FAFA or whatever it's called today. And then this money, you get approved for a certain amount of money. The money goes to the university and they give you what's called a quote-unquote refund check. It's probably direct deposited now in my day. It was a refund check. So all you see is the, I think I got 8000 a semester. All you see is that 8000 a semester. Well, no, 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 no. That's what you see. That's how they do it. They insulate it from you. They're not saying, here's a check for $50,000. Now, give me that check for $50,000, and I'll give you five or 10000 of it back. They're not making you really appreciate in a concrete way how much money it costs, and they're not also telling you, oh, well, while you're here, that interest is going to compound. It's going to capitalize. So you're risking $100,000 to $250,000. I know people who graduate law school $200,000 in debt. Me, I had scholarships. I worked. I've always been creative. I mean, if you're listening to this you just and you know anything about my life story, you know that I've just always been able to kind of find an angle and work angles. So me, I didn't graduate with six figures in law school debt, and I only had 3.5% interest. So for me, again, I'm one of the, the winners of this hellscape. And I'm telling you not to do it. I'm, I'm almost the best case scenario kind of person. And I'm saying don't do it. But again, you're not going to listen. But, but I want to save you. I was in Michigan State University giving a college talk. I talked to four kids. They're so smart. They were so smart. And I said, please don't do it. And I explained to them in person exactly what I'm telling you now. You're going to spend 1,500 to 2,000 hours a year grinding away, learning irrelevant skills. You're going to pay fifty to 75000 a year to do it, all for the chance that maybe, just maybe, you'll get a six-figure job at the end of it. Oh, and by the way, you're probably going to hate the six-figure job you're going to get. There are people with big Instagram accounts, DC Drano, for example. He's a very prestigious lawyer. There are a lot of people who left the law to do something else. So what, what I wish I'd have been told, right? Let's say you're young. I was a young, ambitious man at one point in my life. I was a type A grinder. Graduate college in four years, which apparently isn't that common, or at least it wasn't even that common then. And I just grinded and grinded. I wish somebody had told me, hey, that's great. You got your degree, but law school will be there for you in a year. Why don't you just go get a house, get a bunch of roommates, wait tables, make money, save up enough money to buy a plane ticket, a one-way plane ticket to Chiang Mai, and then save three or four thousand, fly to Chiang Mai, rent an apartment for six hundred dollars a month, live cheap, eat cheap, read books, think about life, learn some skills, practice public speaking, learn a little bit of coding, learn Ruby on Rails, learn how to tell a story, learn how to do a long form sales letter, learn how to do some marketing, get really fit, get really jacked. Meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, learn what's going on, learn what e-commerce is. Because if you become a lawyer, you still have to know online entrepreneurialism, you, you, right? Or you're going to have to hire somebody to do it. There's no escaping 
the internet. There's no escaping the e-commerce world. There's an, and by the way, I don't I don't sell a drop shipping course, and I don't recommend any drop shipping courses. So please don't go spending your hard-earned money on these drop shipping courses because as I actually lived in Chiang Mai, I can tell you that those drop shippers are not making what they claim to make. So this is not some kind of pitch for the Mike Cernovich e-commerce shop. This is the Mike Cernovich pitch of, I meet so many young people with such great potential and they're so smart and they're so eager and they think that they have to keep running and gunning and grinding and they go right from college to law school. Please don't do that. You're going to do it anyway, probably, but if this podcast convinces one or two of you to just think about the world a little bit differently, don't think that you're making a safe bet. Don't think that you're not making a bet. Don't think that going to law school isn't a gamble because not only is it a gamble, it is the biggest gamble of your life. It's a bigger gamble than buying a house. Wait. Yeah, I'll tell you why. If you buy a house, you put down a down payment. Let's say you lose your job. Things go a little south for you when you lose your job. Well, you know what you get to do? Worst case, they foreclose your house. Worst case. But there's equity in the house, so it's not like you're owing all this money still. With law school debt, like all student loan debt, when you graduate, there is no discharging that from bankruptcy. If you go start a business, you run $100,000 up in debt for business debt, and it fails, you plead bankruptcy. I don't know why more people don't think like that. Steve Jobs had an excellent video and I'll post that below this in the stack where he said, if you're a young person, take a big risk. There's this, everybody's so terrified of taking a big risk that they rush into something that's an even bigger risk, right? So let's pause for a minute and think about that conceptually. You're going to law school because you're risk averse. You're afraid to take a risk, but you're smart. So you think you're going to go to law school, but nobody's told you that's actually a huge risk. It's a six-figure risk in terms of money and in terms of time, which is even more valuable. It's even a bigger risk. What if you had spent 5,000 hours on a company? I wish somebody had told me that. Go be a founder. Well, I'm not entrepreneurial. I don't know what kind of company I would start. Well, guess what? If you're going to make it as a lawyer, you better learn to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) You better learn to be an entrepreneur if you're going to make it as a lawyer or else you're not going to last long a law at all. You're going to really struggle. You're going to have to learn how to be an entrepreneur. So why don't you, if you're 22 or 23 or even, I talked to one guy who came to my um, Blood Money movie screening I did. He's 30 and he kind of wants to change. I said, hey, why don't you just take a year, try to start a business. Worst case is it fails and you're not saddled with student loan debt for the rest of your life. And he goes, well, I don't know what I would want to start and I don't know what I'm going to do this. So again, the biggest risk that you can take in your life, the most disastrous. If it goes wrong, it almost certainly will go wrong in one way or another. Is go to law school. Do not go to law school. This is Mike Cernovich at rockfin.com. R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Be sure to follow me here for more podcasts about how to think about the world and how to be smarter. Mike Cernovich, rockfin.com.